Blog Talk Radio. Here we go. Welcome to We Are Everyday People, Global Internet Radio Network. It is Thursday, February 18th, and we got a really good show coming up. Great guest. And I want to thank everybody for uh, who has been tuning in, who has been coming into the chat room, who has been calling in, who has been listening. Uh, don't want to chime in. I see when you call in, and I appreciate the fact that you do call in to listen. So uh, we are going to pretty much jump 
right into the show today. Uh, I've been want, wanting to do this show for a while, and uh, we finally got a chance to do it. We finally have the uh, people on. Uh, we, we've got our times together, and here we are. So we're going to bring it right on. With uh, well, Let me first tell you that we have on, on the uh, south side of Chicago, and it's been going on for mm, about two and a half years now, uh, there's a new musical renaissance taking place. You don't know. If you do know and haven't been out there, you need to get out there. If you don't know, uh, now you do spread the word and get out there to Mo Better Jazz Chicago. It is uh, it is an awesome venue. It is right on the corner of 75th and Jeffrey. Oh, 75th and Phillips, corner of 75th and Phillips, every Friday night at 7 p.m. Outstanding world class musicians. These musicians are world-class. These bands are world-class. They've been all over the world. They played for some of uh, everybody and many people that you've heard of. Uh, it is an awesome place. Anytime I'm in town on a Friday, you will find me at Mo Better Jazz Chicago at the Quarry on 75th and Phillips. And I have on the line the founder and CEO of the Quarry. He is Gold. South Shore High School alumni, product of Columbia University, U of I of Chicago. We're going to bring on Brother CEO, Darius Lawrence. Brother Darius, thanks for joining me, man. Hey, Keith. Thank you so much for having me. Like you said, we've been trying to pull this together for a while, and I'm so glad that we can pull this together. And I thank you so much for your continued support from the very, very beginning, from the House of Being to the Quarry Event Center, man. So uh, you have been a major part in us, encouraging us to do what we do. So thank you for your support, even from afar. Man. Your, your love and your encouragement goes a long way. Oh, any, any time, man. What, what you're doing goes a long way. What, what you're doing is incredible. What, what you're doing is what, uh, what everybody says that we should be doing in the community. It's exactly what you're doing, which is why I want all those people who feel that way to come on out there and take note of what you're doing. Right down 75th and Phillips, it is secured parking. And check this out, and we'll talk about this a little later on because in a minute we're going to go back in time. But you can also introduce your kids to jazz music on Friday night. You can check out that first show. Get them in there at 7 o'clock, 8 o'clock, and let them experience an alternative angle to what's going on out here. Music soothes the savage beast. If they walk up into that quarry and see uh, the the vibe that black people have within that venue, it's nothing but love. It's no, no BS I, uh, for these kids, man. Don't you agree? Oh, I definitely agree. That's uh one of the advantages we have, you know, it's a family-friendly environment. It's not a nightclub. It's not a bar. It's a uh, entertainment center, a family entertainment center. That's what I, I boast about, and and I get more and more calls from families that want to come out to know if they can bring their kids, and, and they're so shocked when I say absolutely yes, absolutely yes. Uh, you know, I remember growing up in South Shore. Um, you know, there were so many places to go that we could not go into. We couldn't go into bars. We were too young to go into bars. But we would sneak in the bars, stand outside the doors and listen, and uh, go, go in early, as you just stated, uh, just uh, before it got too late, before, you know, we want the bar owners or the club owners to get in trouble. Um, 
But uh, again, there were some <coughs> more places, but we did we, we we didn't have a place like More Better Jazz or the Corey Event Center to go to back in the day. And uh, with that, knowing what with all the all the th- things we could not do, that was part of our vision to uh, take it to a venue. And we, and we got to this venue by accident. You know, that's a, that's another story to, to talk to you as far as our transition from the house of being to the quarry was truly by accident. But uh, there is a God, God. There is no accidents in God. God has a, a, a plan for all that we do, and uh, it was a reason for us moving to the quarry when we did and as we did. I can respect that. I, I totally respect that. I'm going to say just one more thing, and then we'll go back in time. But I don't want people to say, you, okay, because you know how you know how you know we can get some time. Uh, we say we can bring the kids, and the first thing that's going to come to their mind is, oh no, no, uh, look, look, they're not having it up in the quarry. The and quarry is professionally run. This is not the corner joint. This is not a tavern. This is run properly. Anybody comes in that place is going to be on their best behavior. How will they come off the street? I don't know. But when they get up in that place, everything gonna be all right. Don't you worry about it. Come on out there. Come on out. <laughs> that is, that is so Speaking true. of South Shore, so brother. Absolutely, absolutely. And and if the security don't handle it, hell, the people like just regular John Doe's like myself, ain't nobody gonna let nobody we'll take this it. place down, man. It's worth too much. You're right. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. So. Let me take you back to uh, South Shore days. This is what I what I pretty much do with all the alumni, and even those who run alumni there. And, uh, and you know, I just if they went to high school, we go back there. And I'm going to ask you, uh, when you think about South Shore, I know how I feel about South Shore. I love South Shore. South Shore is life, my yeah. family. What do you think about when you when you take yourself back to that time, just chilling? What do you think about when you think about your days at South Shore, man? Man, I I thank God for South Shore. My experience there. From day one to the day I graduated, I mean, I was sad to leave um, because I was having so much fun. I was learning so much. Uh, it just, uh, I already had a thirst for learning. You know, my family took me out of public schools uh, back early to send me to Catholic schools. And then when I, when I graduated from grammar school, they gave me a choice of, uh, you know, picking a school. They said it didn't have to be a Catholic school. And I, and I chose the school that was across the street from my house. I lived at 74th and Constance, right down the street. And so uh, I picked South Shore out of convenience because, you know, all my life at that time, I've been, you know, commuting on the bus uh, to get to school. St. Martin on 59th and Princeton and St. Francis de Paula on 78th and Ellis, which was closer. Um, but uh, going to South Shore was the, the best uh, move I could have choice I could have ever made. Uh, I, I, I was playing bass guitar um, literally at uh, prior to going to South Shore, and I wanted to get in a band. And uh, when I met with Mr. Lawson, you know, a lot of my friends were playing in the band, and I asked Mr. Lawson if I could get in the band. He told me the uh, only way I could get in the band, in the, in the jazz band, was to play tuba in a concert band. So <laughs> so I had to play tuba, you know, which was uh, the best thing I could have ever done, learn how to read music. Um, you know, be more familiar with classical music. So I, I can actually say I was classically trained in, in addition to, you know, mm. being in the jazz band and being in the pop band. So that was the, the best bribe <laughs> Mr. Lusk could ever ever have done to uh, further my ear, you know, my music, you know. And Mr. Lawson was just uh, a tremendous blessing. You know, he we had discipline there. You know, the, the band was like the football and basketball team, but we were all year long. We didn't have seasons, so, you know, we were – we were all all three seasons um, with what we do, and 
Go ahead. Now, speaking speak of, uh, you, you mentioned, uh, I've had a few people who had anything to do with news. When I asked him that question, it's been Mr. Lawson. And since we're on Mr. Lawson, uh, that's obviously one you can continue on with more uh, thoughts of him. And just give us uh, who were your uh, educational influences back then who helped make you into who you are today. Yeah, Mr. Lawson and Mrs. Jackson, both of Mrs. Jacksons. The one that was principal, and she also taught uh, music. She's over the choir, I believe. It's how sure. Um, Mr. Horton, I mean, Mr. Hawkins, tremendous influence in his discipline and his care and concern um, for us. You know, he was a, a tough principal, but he was fair. And uh, you could tell that he really cared. Um, but, uh, yeah, I. I Mr. Culpepper, I think my Spanish teacher, very good person. We had a biology teacher my freshman year. I cannot think of her name, but uh, man, she made learning fun. You know, she made it made it really fun. It was Hinchcliffe. Uh, all, all the teachers there. I mean, we had uh, back then we had quality teachers that truly cared, uh, made education fun. Uh, you know, we had some riffraff, but if you were a straight shooter and you, you know, did what you had to do, they, you know, they, they were in support of us and, and very encouraging um, to us. Uh, but out of anybody there, it's all sure Mr. Lawson, you know, I, I can't thank him enough uh, for who I am today. He's, he's largely responsible uh, to who I am in the industry uh, today with his training and focus and his, his telling his stories of being in the military and the military bands uh, his accomplishments and just uh, his, you know, sharing his world and life experience. He was just uh, such a blessing and just a wonderful teacher. You know, he instilled uh, so much discipline and uh, in all of us, in all of us. I can't uh, imagine anyone that would have a bad word to say they, they came through uh, that band room doors. Two things you mentioned that really stood out from what you just said. And one thing, when you said teachers back then, they cared. And not that they don't have teachers today that cared. I think anybody should know exactly how you mean that. I do. We had teachers that cared. Yes. Who gave a damn? Now, you mentioned, also mentioned Mr. Hawkins, and I've got to give Mr. Hawkins uh, a lot of love, man, because Mr. Hawkins probably saved a whole lot of people's lives, man, with that discipline of he, his. He sure did. And the key thing you mentioned about Mr. Hawkins, the key thing you mentioned is that we knew that he loved us. As mean as he could come right. across and as he could slap you upside the head and grab you, we knew it was all from the heart. We knew it wasn't because he despised us as kids. Big difference. Oh, no, big difference. Exactly right. He big talked difference. about you like a dog. And he was funny. He's the funniest guy in the world. And I think about the things <laughs> he used to say. And, <laughs> you know, he didn't. And I, and I saw more other people getting it than I did. I was smart enough not to uh, have to get in his office. <laughs> I was just pass, passing through, and I would see his raft in the hallways in offices and watching his interaction with parents and, and how he would not hesitate to call our parents, you know, to uh, oh, make no. sure. Oh, no, not at all. You know, he was he was a major, so I, you know, I, I was already disciplined. I can't even thank my, my parents for, you know, teaching me right and wrong. So I wasn't in that office uh, at all for anything other than uh, just uh, whatever I was going there for. You know, just, just passing through, I can, I can count the times I stepped in the office. Now, who, who was your circle back then? Who did who did you uh, who could you depend on? Who could you do good and bad that uh, you knew had your back back in that day? As far as teachers or or just the students? Uh, just no prep preppies preppies preppy students. Oh oh man, just, just the whole band circle, man. You know that uh, 
being in the band again was like being in, in, in on the sports team. I mean, we were a very tight knit group. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I was a tuba player and a bassist, so the, all the lower brass guys we stuck together. We had competitions. We practiced together on our own. Lawson didn't have to drive, pull our teeth. You know, we he, he developed us to become a unit to make sure we had our lower brass parts together. And we 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 call our own rehearsals, and we knew we worked, we worked out our, all of our own issues. So when Lawson called us all together. You know, he he had you know he didn't have much to work on. He, he made sure you know we knew we, we took pride in what we did. You know, and you know, again, I remember being in many of the uh, the, the Illinois competitions. You know, lower brass section. We wanted we wanted to get high grades, high marks in those reviews uh, from the judges, and so that that was our goal. You know, we want to be the best lower brass section in the city. So again, uh, self motivation. Our circle, you know. Self-motivation, exactly right. Exactly right. Everybody had the brass section, the lower brass section. You know, we had pride, saxophones. We all had pride in what we did as, as a section and, and individually. You know, um, you know, we used to go there on our own at 7 o'clock in the morning before classes started and stay till 6 o'clock. Mr. Lawson would come early and stay late. You know, most teachers don't do that. Most teachers are trying to get out wow. of there when uh, that last class is open, over. They punch you out. Mr. Lawson would be there as long as we will, we needed to be there. As long as we wanted to be there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm actually have one more. Uh, we're gonna go one more uh, question about South Shore High School. Then we'll kind of move it on and kind of gradually come up today. But I gotta ask sure. you, man, because I know I had plenty of them. Who who was your schoolboy crush back then, man? Or crush? <laughs> I end up. Uh, oh, hold on one second. I end up uh, marrying my high school crush. You know, after shortly after, and uh, oh, okay, the P- P- Penny Shanklin, uh, you know, that's who I dated then. And uh, but man, I was uh, I didn't do a whole lot of dating in high school. Man, I was really just into my music, literally. I mean, literally. I didn't I think I I didn't start dating probably to my junior year, maybe senior year. Yeah, but again, I was more into. Uh, trying to become a, a musician, you know, because that's what I thought my my passion was at the time. Now, let's go kind of go into music. I know that you uh, you went to Columbia, and you you were saying well, you actually, actually started yeah, I, as a pre-med. I, 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 I taught, yeah, I taught at Columbia uh, later on, but I went to UIC. Oh, you taught there. Okay. Circle Campus, right. Yeah, I taught. Okay, I got right. you. I went to University of Illinois, Circle Campus, so I went okay, there. So that's, uh, when, that's when the. Uh, uh, sorry. Go, no, ahead. go ahead. Go ahead. No, you oh, go no, ahead. Bro. You know, I started you there. I thought, you know, I wanted to to make artificial limbs. Or, you know, I wanted to be a, a prosthetist. You know, back then, so I, I started with a pre-med uh, major with a music minor, and uh, because of the playing I was doing, you know, in my junior and senior year in high school. Man, and when I graduated, you know, my phone was just blowing up with gigs and opportunities, you know, recording sessions uh, on bass. And, uh, man, it was just the calls were coming in so heavy. And it just the, the high-profile gigs, you know, I called Mr. Lawson. I said, man, I said, I'm getting all these gigs, man. He said, what should I do? You know, he says, you're getting those kind of calls. Squeeze the school will always be there, you know. Go on the road, take you know, get that experience. He said, but no, those calls will come around all the time. You know, he says that's like uh, getting drafted to the pros. You know, so I I took his advice. Yeah. And, you know, went on the road, 
and uh, that's all she wrote as a musician. I was on the road for for many, for many years, locally and nationally. You know, playing on cruise ships, you know, playing in Vegas, and doing you know recording sessions, with the singles and things like that. No, it was electric bass. I was playing electric bass. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's okay. okay. I played uh, oh, bass player. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I'm a bass player. Yeah, I am a bass player by trade. Yeah, but uh, I had to play tuba in order okay. to get in the jazz band. To play, you know, that was uh, just to a get started, requirement. Okay. Right to get started, right? Because he he needed tuba players. So as, as a <laughs> right, as, as a musician, what what were some of the highlights? What were some of your highlights uh, as far as playing and and when you are on stage in a band and looking at the audience, really getting into what you are doing? What kind of feeling is that, man? I can I can oh, man, I, can't, feeling, I, have, I can't relate. <laughs> Oh yeah, no better feeling, man. That uh, knowing that people that love music come out to support the groups that you work with. Uh, so you know, I was all you know playing bass. I was support staff to behind the scenes for sure. Uh, but again, just knowing uh, you know people uh, tip you at the end of the night, give you thanks at the end of the night, buy you dinners at the end of the night, depending on what kind of gig you're on. You know, I mean, I remember doing a lot of hotel gigs. Um, you know, man, we we make as much as our contract was paying just in tips. Alone, you know, we come home. We'd be coming home with uh, two and three hundred dollars worth of tips, you know, from a good night for people showing their appreciation you know, for our for the music and our and our productions that we we did. So that was just a, a wonderful, you know, wonderful thing to know that uh, people pay you for to to perform for them. Well, let, let me get this in. And uh, uh, you think what are the chances we're going to see uh, Brother Darius Lawrence on the stage at the Quarry with that bass guitar, brother? Man, I might see it soon, man. The itch is, uh, I got this 15-year itch. <laughs> yeah, man, come on, come soon, on. We got let, let us let us check it out. Yeah, you know, I, I do audio yeah, uh, for 11 and production for 11, so I, I was blessed to do some great documentaries. And uh, one of the documentaries I was doing audio on, um, the one of the producers heard I was a, a musician and uh, commissioned me to... Uh, do some of the film scores for for this film. It's called Gunlands, and uh, so if you pull that up online or download that that document, you'll see here's some music that uh, I helped to uh, co-produce on that. And that kind of got me out of retirement. This was uh, last year, about a year and a half ago. Kind of pulled me out of retirement for about give me that, sixty give, days. Give me that name again. Give me that name again. Gunland. Gun, Gunland. Name it, yeah. Gunland. Yeah. Gunland. Yeah. Okay. Gunland. Okay. Uh, but yeah, you might okay. see my yeah, real, real soon. Real, real soon. Real, real soon. I think that would be great, man. To see you, you know, that'd be a nice, pleasant surprise, or or, or nice, pleasant uh, uh, arrangement uh, to see, see you up there, oh, yeah. man, oh, yeah. doing not what you people. do, doing your thing. Oh yeah, yeah. Not, not many people know. I mean, know me as a musician, and they know me as a production and sound guy. People like Hartley and Buddy Fambro. Those guys uh, know me as a musician because we, you know, we work together professionally, you know, for for many many years. Now, when did you, uh, as as far as now, I know that you are big in the production. I mean, you can you can do uh, like when we go to the concerts, we'll go to Chicago Theater, we'll walk in, and the stage will open, and we'll see the lights, we'll see the setup, the, the we see the guy back there at the at the musical switch, whatever you call that thing, with a million and one knobs on it to go up and down type of thing. Uh-huh. You see it at the That's back right. of the show. You do you do all that. I mean, when, yeah. 
Yeah. Wow. Well, when I was on the, when I was on the road as a bass player, you know, on my off days, I used to hang out with the production teams that were supporting the groups I was traveling with. You know, so instead of you know getting high and chasing the women, you know, I would come back and you know, I had a fascination <laughs> with uh, mixing and doing audio. So I would hang out uh, at the venues uh, that we were working in and uh, got a bug, got got an itch. And I was kind of tired what I was doing as a musician. I felt myself going in a circle as a musician. And I knew I wanted to change. I didn't know what it was. And uh, I'll never forget, it was a day I was working in uh, Winnipeg, Manitoba, on base. And uh, uh, I was channeling this production company that uh, that was the house production company for the venue we were working in. And the uh, monitor engineer, the monitor audio engineer, his wife went into labor. And he had to leave right away. And so they, they asked me if I could step in to fill in for him, and man, I, I sat in and filled in for him, and man, that was that let me know that's what I wanted to do because I watched him enough, shadowed him enough to do a, you know be able to hold the gig down. And so after that job, after that particular assignment, uh, I picked up another uh, year-long contract in the Cayman Islands, working on the, as a musician in the Cayman Islands, and I was able to a really really good gig where I could save every nickel that I made, and I. Socks some money away and um, came back and uh, said I want to start a sound company, a production company, and yeah, that was my seed money for my production company. Just started buying equipment and found uh, a mutual partner that had the same vision I did, and we went at it. Now let's let's talk about your production company because you 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 not only are the founder and CEO of Mobile Jazz, you do own a production company and you do offer a service. Isn't that correct? Company oh, so let's 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 let people let's, let's, okay yeah you know my production company is sound advantage and i uh kind of liquidated direct sound advantage and moved everything in to um more better jazz so i'm i'm working under more better jazz it's an umbrella company where we provide production services as well as uh jazz entertainment and promotions and so if you look on our website, uh, us, you'll see the services, that we, production services that we provide. And so it goes all the way from event Good management, concert management, production management. Um, a lot, a lot of, you know, you'll, you'll see our vision, our upcoming vision uh, that we started for this year as far as uh, building our mentoring and youth education program. But uh, our production services are listed there on the us. I hope that everybody would uh, check out that website, and if they need services, I would hope that they would get a hold of you and work something out. That's what it's all about. Oh yeah, we we we, we, we be happy about. happy to, to to work with them. Yes, absolutely. Now, and doing any other, but but doing production also led me into uh, you know I, I do a lot of work in in churches in the gospel community as well as jazz, and so I, I handle. Uh, uh, audio services accounts for various churches. Um, I work for a gospel artist called Donald Lawrence, so your, some of your listeners might be familiar with him. And uh, working with Donald, I, um, I'm a Grammy Award winner. We, we did a project with the Clark Sisters that won three Grammys, and, and my participation and work on that project uh, entitled me to a, a statue. So I, I, I have a Grammy. Oh, man. I could have, man, I wish I'd known that. I definitely would have came here with the uh, Grammy Award winning founder and CEO of Mobile Jazz Chicago, <laughs> Brother Darius Lawrence. 
I would have had a whole oh, different yeah. introduction, oh, yeah. man, at least in addition to it. Yeah, that's good to know, man. Congratulations <laughs> on that, brother. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, 2007, man. That 2007. It's just so funny. That happened kind of at a, I guess, a down period. You know, working in the in our, in our industry uh, can sometimes uh, can be a thankless job, you know, behind being behind the scenes. So sometimes people, you know, don't appreciate what you do. And, and uh, so, man, getting that Grammy was like at a, at a kind of a downtime in my career. I was kind of you know, kind of reevaluating that I want to stay in production. And uh, man, that, winning that Grammy that was uh, mm-hmm. one of the hardest productions and projects that I've worked on. And I'll never forget that I was in Los Angeles that year that we won the Grammy. I was working behind the scenes for CBS, uh, you know, to doing audio for video on the red carpet. You're interviewing some stars and things coming in backstage. And uh, Donald, our, our producer. Uh, Text me. We want. We know. We want a Grammy. You know, he was blowing my phone up. I was wondering who's blowing my phone up because we were in production. You know, they asked me not to have the phones on, so I had it on vibrate. You know, it's cheap. And so every chance I got, I was looking at my phone. He was blowing my phone up, blowing my phone up. And so I called him back, and he tells me, "Man, we we want we want three Grammys." I was like, "What? Three Grammys?" I was like, "Wow!" And this so, came. To, this. This came to you when winning a Grammy wasn't even on your mind. I mean, that was you wasn't even thinking about. It you didn't even have your hopes up, or did you? Wow. Man, no, I didn't. I mean, I've done so many over the years. I mean, I've probably done about forty recording projects, live recording projects. That's kind of my forte, doing you know live concert recording, gospel concert recording. So I probably at that time have done at least forty forty albums with various art gospel artists, and so uh, you know, in gospel industry, you know, it really doesn't get the respect that it. It should get released back then. So no, that was the last thing on our minds. Last thing on our minds, man. And then I, I knew we were nominated. Wow, that's interesting. Uh, for you know, for a Grammy. Oh yeah. And to uh, man, get to come home with the gold was uh, was major, major, major. And again, just and it really uplifted my spirits. Let me know that I was doing the right things and to continue, you know, just to always continue to be encouraged. Always continue to be encouraged. That, that, was, that was the yeah. biggest lesson. Me just let me know I've been doing the right things, and, and that was the reward I needed to to let me know that I was doing the right things. Now, when did the itch for actually having something to do with your own uh, jazz club come into play? Man, it's been a uh, <clears throat> it's been on my heart for probably twenty years. Um, I was uh, uh, hired by uh, Geraldine and Eddie DeHaas for Jazz Unites. Uh, They used to produce the South Shore Jazz Festival in Chicago for over 20 years, and I had the honor of working with them for about 16 or 17 years. I think they were were like 25 years old. But uh, I had the honor honor and pleasure to work with them for at least 17 years as their production manager and audio engineer for many years. And at that time, you know, jazz was still fizzling. Now there were a few jazz clubs then, then around here, you know, on the southeast side, but they were slowly, you know, fizzling away, going away, going away, going away. So I had a vision of of uh, producing a jazz program in South Shore, in particular the restaurant across the street from uh, the House of Bing that was particularly across the street from the South Shore Country Club. You know, we would go there to eat all the time, go there to drink all the time, and it was like, man, this would be a, a wonderful place to to do jazz, and uh, so we talked about it, talked about it for many, many years. In 2012, we really started putting the uh, the nuts and bolts together to to make it happen. So the, the birth of Movida Jazz kind of started in 2012, 
you know, just tweaked it, tweaked it, tweaked it, talked about it, talked about it, and uh, it took shape in 2013. And, uh, man, it's just uh, people let us know right away that they were hungry for jazz back in the community, and, they, and people let us know every week, man, people like yourself every week, man, they just give us so many encouraging words. Uh, just when they come in, just say, wow, man, before they even hear, hear a note. They look at the, the atmosphere that we've created. When I first heard about it, I knew before the first show, I said, this is the bomb. This is the bomb. I'm so glad that you stuck with it, uh, you know, because every every start off is, you know, you start off with a bang, then you kind of balance out a little bit, and then you get to where you are now. But I knew, I said, keep it going. Don't stop. Don't. This is the bomb, and, it, and, it, and it, it's nuclear now. You oh, something, just again, not a week goes by, man, where people don't say kind things, encouraging words. You know, it's been tough. Uh, you know, working with uh, in a black community can be really be so tough. And in our neighborhood that we grew up there, it's not oh, yes. so nice anymore. And so that was a big yes. uh, hurdle that we were able to battle. And, and thanks to uh, the owners of the Corey Event Center, you know, providing the security necessary to show that it's a secure place. So. The police commanders in the area happen to be some friends of mine, and they give us the presence we need. And, and again, we, we haven't, as you said earlier, we have not had one incident inside or outside. Not one. Not one. And again, you know, again, people well, tell you. let us know. Absolutely. Look, when I, when I go there, uh, if the parking lot across the street isn't full, and I get in there, there's a guard standing right there to tell you where you can go to what's open, where you can park your car. He's standing right there to walk you to the door. They're there to walk you to your car. Yeah. If, if it's raining, they'll, they'll walk with an umbrella over your head with you. Man, it, it's, you don't get – where right. else do you get that? You don't get anywhere. And, and again, on, I, I, I'm so glad you mentioned that. Those guys, Rashid and Will, those guys are going beyond the call of duty. That's just in their spirit to provide customer service and to uh, help us get rid of that stigmatism of uh, safety there. And, uh, man, we, we, I didn't even ask those guys to do that. That's just what they – it's just in them to provide the excellence. And, and they appreciate uh, what we do so much and, and the opportunity to work in the community and be a part, be a part of something that's growing. Um, so, yeah, those guys, uh, Will and yeah. Rashid and Andre, those guys, uh, hats off to them. And, you know, they, they will be, they will be, no matter where I go, they will be with me. They, I got, they, they will have first rights of refusal to any project I have uh, to, to go with us. Yes, they are very, very professional and respectable brothers, man. And you, and we notice it, man. You know, we appreciate it. I appreciate it. You know, it, it makes me feel good. Uh, to be around such love when I walk into the quarry. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. And that's what it is, too. Everybody says that. You know, I had a lady call me up. I was wondering, I was kind of concerned about coming by myself. I said, lady, if you come by yourself, you you were guaranteed to leave with a new friend. You know, male, male and or female, you will leave with a new friend. You know, and uh, that's, the, that's the, again, the environment, family-friendly environment that we come. You don't have to have a date. You don't have to have a boyfriend. You could come, just enjoy the music, and nothing but good people. You know, we attract nothing but quality, um, good people to our venue. And, uh, I'm so proud of that. People want to come and feel comfortable to come. And while, while we're giving kudos out before we go, I'm going to go into uh, into the quarry and the and the jazz club itself. Uh, we got. I want to give kudos to our sister Renee Carr, 
sister. Oh, absolutely. La la uh, Lola Lomax. Lola Lomax. Lola Lomax. Is, Lola Lomax uh, who, that's right. Who, who was there? Very cool people. Right. Ishmael. Uh, uh, the cook that. Yep. Yourself being the show, right? right? Yes, sir. Oh, Renee yes, is sir. Uh, and my, uh, of course, she's, yeah. Renee's my right hand. She's my actual partner in, in the prize in the project. So, no matter uh, where oh, really? I am okay. in the country, she 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 holds the ship down for me. Uh, she's been with us from the very beginning, and just been just uh, such a a loyal friend. We we went to church, and we met each other in church, and we've been you know just connected to help for me for many 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 years. So she is definitely uh, someone I can trust. Lolo's been with us from the very beginning. And again, you know those uh, you know, I can't say enough for the work that Lolo does in, in greeting our guests and busting the tables. Yeah, very and excellent. Making sure the bath the bath the bathrooms are in good shape. And again, she's professional, right? She she does it on her own. She just yes. makes it happen. She cares, so, and, and it shows. Just, she cares. And, and, and it, it makes a difference. Exactly right. She cares. Now let's not let's not forget Yvette Moyo. Now I can't. We I ain't going no further. Oh, we no, we got to get Yvette in. Oh yeah, man. Yvette uh, is uh, one of our biggest motivators, biggest encouragers, and uh, before these before the South Shore Current, she's just a tremendous of what we're doing, and continues to support us, and we support the South Shore Current and what she's doing because she's also a South Shore alumni and a South Shore native and that uh, loves that community as we love it and, and goes beyond the call of duty. And she, she definitely encourages me uh, with uh, with her giving back, giving back. And, and it's not about us. It's about the community. Yeah, and, and it shows, man. This, this is why I, what I like people to really – Come out to the quality and experience this, and 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 let let the kids see a different angle than what is projected. The images that's projected of them and of us throughout various media that has people acting towards us the way that they act. Uh, some is warranted, but a lot of it is not. And if they can be uh, exposed to such a, a pleasant and, and loving vibe as the quarry, every little bit helps. Oh, every it does. Helps. It, it really does. And just this month alone, you, you probably, I don't know if you were there, we had uh, introduced our young adults, high schoolers, to come and do spoken word. Uh, you know, we're, we're honoring some of Chicago's past uh, jazz greats that have uh, made their transition. So we've been honoring Wilbur Campbell. Uh, we First, we did Paul Serrano. Um, Wilbur Campbell last week, we're doing uh, Jody Christian uh, tomorrow and uh, John Young and uh, George Hughes on next week. And so we, in, in, in honor, we were calling it uh, our Black History Celebration uh, Freedom. We call it Freedom Friday, exactly. And so we uh, reached out to some young adults and poets to come in and do some poetry and spoken words, you know, a half an hour before our main entertainment, just to give them a platform and to expose uh, adults to spoken word and poetry to show them the connection to music and to jazz in particular. So, again, uh, this year has been a really wonderful year of SARS to making sure we do some things differently in 2016 than we did in 2015. So uh, Black History Month was just uh, on my heart to uh, honor some of our past uh, Chicago jazz legends like Paul Sarama, Oliver Campbell, Jody Christian, John Young, and George Hughes. Now, I also want to let the people know that uh... – I can say this for a fact. Like I say, when I'm when I'm in town on a Friday, you will get the quarry on a Friday night. Period. And every time I walk in that quarry, the first 
thing I see is Brother Darius Lawrence shaking hands and welcoming each and every individual that walks in that club. That's unique. I mean, you're so approachable, oh. you're so professional. Uh, you can tell that you, oh, you care. You. And I, I respect and appreciate that, man. Oh, man, thank you so much. That's, uh, again, I'm doing what uh, uh, what I've done for so many people and observe from so many people that I've been blessed. I've been blessed to work with some of the best people, best producers, best promoters, best artists in the world. And the customer service is so important, and people knowing that we're for real, being we're sincere, sincere, and we want to provide excellence. Same excellence I provide in Las Vegas. Same excellence we got on Seventy Fifth and Phillips. Not, you know, not nothing. Not, there's no reason why we can't have that in our community. No reason why we can't have that. You know, shame on us that have been out there experiencing it, making it happen for others. I mean, I mentioned one day I can turn a garage into a ballroom. You know, I've been trained that well. Plus that will work with work, you know. Yeah. I've turned the air, airport. I've turned airport hangers into ballrooms, you know. So uh, you know, it's uh, wow. not much to it. It's not, it's not rocket science. And this is the service you provide. I mean, if if if, if a bank wants to call you to say, hey, we want to put on a, a set or put on a whatever theater, or, I mean, they can call Brother Darius Lawrence Productions and get it done. And that's what we Absolutely. want to get out there also. Absolutely. Absolutely, absolutely. absolutely. Love the quality. Uh, us, and you look at uh, the production services that we offer. You know, we can um, manage it, build it, design it, and uh, we, we can make it happen. So share, share with us, uh, I know there's more than one, but some of the more humbling humbling moments of uh, your involvement with the quality where you just kind of just, just had to st- where it almost like damn, it brings you to tears. Like everything is just going so good. Like it's just, I can't say unbelievable. Oh man, unbelievable! But it's just so beautiful. Right, uh, man. One in particular, uh, we uh, we advertise on the jazz radio station uh, WDCB in Chicago, and so we offer uh, a giveaway, a raffle, a giveaway of a free dinner, free dinner and free uh, admission uh, to anyone that wins the drawing for WDCB. Uh, so we have this uh, blind, a blind guy. That's uh, won twice uh, to come visit us. Uh, he comes every time. He lives on the far, far north side. Uh, he comes on a bus, blind guy, coming, white guy, coming on the bus to the south side of Chicago. Uh, the last time he was there, I'm trying to think who was on stage. I think it was, uh, who was on stage? It was Bobby Wilson. I can't remember who was on stage. But, man, he, the city, he, was, he was waiting on his ride. It, it got late. And I think uh, transportation was kind of foul. He was on the bus, so uh, uh, one of my uh, volunteers called Uber for him. You know, she she didn't want to see him get on the bus because you know, he wanted to stay to the end because it, it was crowded. The, the night was just electric. It was electric. So he, he was sitting in the back of the room with his coat on, waiting for Uber to come. And then just to see him sit there and clap his hands and groove to the music, that, that just brought me to tears. I was like, well, I said, that, that just made it all work just to see him. He traveled from a long way. Yeah. He can't see. All he can do, all he can do is hear. He can't even. He couldn't. Can't even appreciate the ambiance that we created. But you, you would never know it. Yes. By looking at him. You know. So that I can say that was one of the more recent, uh, you know, highlights there. And just uh, every night, man, we 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 open our doors, and we've been blessed to have just some incredible artists there, and to watch our audience interact with our our artists. To hang on every note, every verse, yes. every solo, 
watch they, people uh, and watch them, watch them, watch them scream and say, "Yeah." You know, that's just uh, that just does it for me. World class. Everyone, yes, every actor has been world class. World class. I mean, I have my own. Yes. Uh, I, I, they they just all been world class. I don't. I'm not gonna single anybody out. They have all been great. Different styles. Uh, yes, exactly. They come right. from different exactly angles, right. and it is beautiful. And, spe- and speaking of the ambiance, like I, I was I was talking to you at the quarry the last time I was there. One of the times I was there, and I said, you know, when you walk into this room, you're walking into like another world. You're into a Harlem Renaissance revisited. You just get that vibe, you know. Yeah, yeah. Everything is cool when you walk up in there. It's a beautiful, beautiful place, beautiful ambiance, the lighting, uh, the bar is right there. And, and and just it's just so respectful, man. That's what really sticks out, the love that I feel when I walk in there. That's what sticks out more than anything. Even more than the music, yeah. as great as it is, the love, the love is even more greater than that. Wow. Oh, yeah, it, it wow. really is. It really is, which is rare, which is very rare. Very, very rare. And it is very rare, to, uh, and especially, go right ahead. Oh, no, we, we've been blessed just to have uh, new audiences every week. We average 30 to 40% new faces every week, every week. So, you know, it's like uh, you, you can't get comfortable. You want to make sure that every night is as good as last week or better. And, you know, as, as we say, we, it's more yes. better. Exactly, exactly. And it, uh, what was I going to say? It's, it's just a, it's a beautiful place. I, I, I can't come back without going up in there. And so what, uh, had you thought about expansion? I, I mean, I'm in the Texas and, uh, yeah, you know, and right. I live in the Dallas area, man. I mean, they, they, could, they could use something like that, you know. Hey, man, find me a spot. I'll come fly down, check it out, and we'll work it out. Um, I'm actually working on uh, Milwaukee right now. We have, we have a lot of guests who've been driving in from Milwaukee to be part of our experience, and they want us to bring our programming there. So uh, we're looking to expand it, open to go anywhere to do that. And so, uh, you know, give me a phone call seven seven three seven four one six two five four. Call me up, leave a message. I will call you back. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna touch base with you on that because I've been I've been I've been on the go so much I haven't had a chance to settle pretty much anywhere. But if, whenever I get to the point where I'm stationary and I'm going and I'm going to be at a home, that's when you'll get that phone call. And uh, oh yeah, absolutely. You know, we'll, absolutely. We'll see, we will love see if we can plan a see see what happens, man. Because uh, because I see that uh, Mr. Shapiro has has this rocking and rolling uh, model of Mo Better Jazz right there in, in Maywood. I was there to see uh, right. Chuck yeah, Webb yeah. and uh, Margaret Murphy Webb. Right, that's right. T and J with you actually. Doing a great job out there. Uh, oh yeah, that's right. That's right. It was doing a great job. Great yeah, job. we were Beautiful both there. Venue. We're... That's right. That's right. It was excellent. Right. It was as a matter of fact. I uh, I was communicating with Mr. Shapiro earlier, and uh, we're going to have him on, and Brother T J and uh, I forget the lady's name, the saxophone player, that's uh, Maywood. Uh, I, uh, I'm sorry, but I'm going oh, to get a hold uh, of her and get a hold of Yes, 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 exactly. I'm going to be contacting a show next weekend, and we're going to talk about Renaissance on the South Side. It's on the West Side now. This is what we can do. It's on the West Side now. That's right. This is what the people can do. That's right. 
It's what it's what it's what's stand on. So yeah, they're gonna be on next week. We'll talk about that. I'll be advertising on that. Oh, so what's on your bucket list, brother? What do you what do you, what 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 do you have? Uh, do, do you have a bucket list plan? Has it developed yet? Uh, anything that you well, have that you this, uh, haven't done that you really want to do? Well, again, I want to expand the program to uh, some different cities. Um, working on trying to uh, partner with uh, the NBA to provide some of the entertainment that you people see when they walk into the, in the stadiums. Um, I'm looking at uh, starting oh, there. Oh yeah, my cousin. The cousin works for Milwaukee Bucks, so he's going to be my inroads to uh, to the NBA and uh, being able to take some of our artists there for, you know, pregame entertainment, you know, so I'll be able to look at more better jazz stage. And that's, that's the, one of our on, on my bucket list to do oh, that. Oh, so, man. It's on, it's on our bucket list to produce a more better jazz festival in South Shore, so that's uh, in the works right now. I'm putting together doing this, you know annual festival that we're going to produce in South Shore. Um, and uh, taking our program, we have opportunity to take our program to London, and so we've been offered uh, uh, two stages. So, so we have two a uh, more better jazz area, hopefully uh, in 2017 in London. So again, man, man, God just continues to open up doors of opportunity, and and uh, man, just let us know we're doing the right thing. Let's just know we're doing the right thing. That's a hell of a bucket, man. <laughs> that's the, oh man, that's the barrel is there. That's, that's that's cool, brother. That's good, that's some good information and good good information and good ideas, man. Yeah, I'm glad I'm glad I asked you that question. That's that's really something to uh, you know, to work towards, man. I hope that works out. I I know it'll work out for you. It's just a matter of time. Looking forward to uh, having oh, yeah, you on again. Matter, we can matter, talk matter about that too, man. Right, pace, yeah, pacing ourselves and just again, we're just what we're doing in Chicago at the Core Event Center is creating the template that's going to be used nationwide anywhere. So. When we, we bring it to your area, we already have a handbook for you. Yeah, a handbook for you, and uh, I got to go up there to make it happen for the first couple of months. I'll be right there. I hear you, brother. That's the spirit. That's the spirit. I'm going. What we're going to do is take a quick old school break, and when we come back, I'm going to ask you about what's up and coming uh, for the uh, who's who's coming into uh, the next few shows. I know uh, Carolyn Fitz is there tomorrow. And, uh, right. and we'll talk about up-and-coming acts, and i also get a closing statement uh, from your heart as soon as we come back. All right, absolutely. You okay with that? Okay. I'm okay. Okay. Everybody, will be back. Uh, if you want to get a call in real quick with brother, while Brother Darius is on the line before I bring in the uh, world-renowned saxophonist, Brother Audley Reed, you can call at 718-664-9513. That's 718-664-9513. If you want to call in, if you want to uh, show your love for Brother Darius and what he's doing, uh, call in. Just press number one on your keypad. I will see it. I'll bring you right in. We'll be right back.
And that was Brother Junior Walker and All Stars, man. One of my all time favorites as a kid up in the project, man. That was that was that was a cut to be played on the project on thirty twenty five fourteen West Van Buren. Brother Cleo's back was the bomb. Brother Darius, uh, what's going on with the uh, More Better Jazz coming up, man? Uh, tell us about what's happening. Yeah, this Friday we have uh, the songbird, uh, Miss Carolyn Fitzhugh, uh, going to grace the stage. She's uh, one of our uh, More Better Jazz favorites uh, at the Corey Event Center. So I'm excited, always excited to uh, have Carolyn there. Um, the following week, next week, we have an incredible uh, vocalist and piano player, uh, Lynn Hilton. Um, she's a world-renowned um, she lives right in the South Shore community as well, so she's going to grace our stage uh, next uh, next week. And uh, following that in March, we have Edwin Doherty in March, Frida Lee, um, incredible jazz vocalist, uh, Adrian Locke. She's going to help celebrate my birthday, longtime friend. Frank Russell, um, jazz bass player, he'll be in March. So, again, I just uh, encourage people to go to Mo Better Jazz Chicago. Dot US uh, to look at our lineup through the entire year. We're I think we're booked through July online right now. I think I got the authors already sold up already. Wow, beautiful. All right, you all know where to go to get the information. I hope you all do that. I hope that uh, I see some of you all out there when I come uh, the next time and just show some support and love. This is what we say that Black people should be doing in the community, and this is exactly what Brother Darius and all the group, Renee Carr and uh, Yvette Moyo, all those involved. This is what they're doing, so let's support it. Right there in the heart of the hood. Safety is there for you. Don't worry about it. Brother Darius, I'm going to let you make the closing yep. statement from the heart, whatever you want to say, for however long you want to say it. Hey, we got to keep jazz alive uh, in Chicago and around the country. Um, jazz clubs are going away. Um, we got to have a, a platform and a venue uh, for our artists to uh, do what God has blessed them to do in the area of food music. Um, that's for young and old. So uh, I encourage everyone uh, to support live music in your respective cities. Um, it's definitely in South Shore here in Chicago. Uh, just been uh, just a labor of love. And uh, I want to thank everyone that's been out supporting us, sending us words of encouragement, uh, inboxes, texts. Uh, it just uh, means so much and it helps uh make our work uh, worthwhile. So thanks to everyone, and thanks to you, Keith, uh, again, for your continued support from afar, and when you come in town, it's always good to see you. You never even give me a... Let me know you come in town. You just show up, man, which is which is great. Uh, you just pop <laughs> in on me. So thank you so much for your support. Uh, it's just true, truly, truly appreciated. Brother Darius, thank you so much for coming on. I appreciate it. I will see you uh, on the 26th for that show. I'll be in town there and look forward to it. Uh, as a matter right, of fact, Keith. I'll get a hold of it and I'll probably uh, put something out there and treat about five, six, seven people. We'll work that out. Thank <laughs> you so much for coming on, brother man. This won't be the last time. And uh, peace and much respect to you, brother. Spread the love to the family. Thank you. We'll do, Keith. Bless you, man. Thank you so much. Continue, continue good work with the station. Bye-bye. Thanks, brother. Take care now. All right, and we will uh, take an old Sioux break, and we're going to come right back with our a world-renowned uh, saxophonist, Brother Otley Reed, which is an uh, outstanding band. I just saw them live uh, uh, about two, three weeks ago, and uh, it's always outstanding to see Brother Otley in the band, and I'm looking forward to talking to Brother Otley. You all hang tight. 
and I will be right back.
And we are back. And that's the Okay, there we go. Yeah, now I'm really back. And that was none other than the second to none. Ali Reed Band, world class saxophonist, uh, Brother Ali Reed. And we're going to bring on Brother Ali Reed right now. Brother Ali, thank you for joining me once again after two and a half years. You, you helped me break in the show, and uh, glad to have you back, man. Oh, man. Well, I appreciate it, man. I hope all is well with you, my brother. Everything is going great. Everything is going great. I I, I, I love this, and I, I'm really honored and humbled to have you on the show, you, yourself and Brother Darius, who I talked uh, before. Oh, yeah. Man. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I gotta, can I ask you a question, man? Go right ahead. You must have went, you must have went sure. digging through the archives, man. Where did you find that uh, live version of Maputo? Well, that is what you started the show off with about three weeks ago in Maywood. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying, because I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah, you okay, started bro. the show. I yes, said, sir. man, I got to, yeah. Yeah, you started oh. off with rock, rocking. That was a uh, lead-off lead off cut, man. That was beautiful. You know, that was Yeah, beautiful. okay, okay. <laughs> cool. Yes, sir. Yeah. So we, uh. We, I last had you on when I kind of first started doing the show, and uh, it was actually yes. about two and a half years ago, I think 2013, I believe, uh, September. Wow. And uh, I was just starting since then. The audience has really grown. I might ask you some questions I asked you then just because they probably have not heard the answers to them. But And there's also okay. some, some things I've added, questions, uh, especially the South Shore alumni that I'm going to actually like right now, uh, starting with uh, South Shore and and your memories of South Shore when you think about, I know sometimes I get into my little mood and I just think about back in the good old days and I think about high school and my old circle of friends and preppies. When you think about that time, what are the things that come to mind of your days back there at South Shore High? Man, it was, it was just a lot of fun. Um, you know, we were all kids and doing what kids do in high school, hanging out, just enjoying life and um uh, you know, just discovering the world, man. It was it was a it was a fun time. You know, I I, I can remember us hanging out, playing ball until ten, eleven. You know, if we weren't doing music, just just hanging out and just having a good, you know, camaraderie um, among us, man. You know, and, and and that is really really good. And even though, you know, just recently, um, just like you and and uh, Dorothy and and few other folks in South Shore, you know, we've been running into each other a lot more frequently, which is a really good thing, you know, and um, I'm going to try my very, very best to make this year's um, class reunion. So, you know, I think that should be a lot of fun. Uh, yes, indeed, they are. They are. We had ours uh, this past summer, but I'm, I'm going to at least go to the next three. Uh, and we'll see what happens after that. But after that, I think I've kind of watered myself down. So we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I hear you. You get smaller and smaller every year, you know. So now, uh, where, where, did, where did you come up back in the day? Where, where, where did you live back then? Yeah, I was living over in uh, 72nd and Richland, you know, right uh, just a few blocks okay. away from the school. That area. Okay. As, yeah, as a matter of fact, yeah. um I lived on Richland, and and Darius and them was over on uh, Constance, and then Joe Stroder and the rest of the crew they were over on Bennett. 
so, you know, everybody was really right around one another. You know, Mike White was uh, on the other side of Stony Island. So, so it was a, it was a, it was a tight bunch. It was a tight bunch, man. Which now, who fun? Who, who was just who was your circle back in, in the day? Who did you kind of who could you depend on to kind of have your back when you needed? Oh man, well you know it was mostly all of us band. You know the whole band crew, whether it was concert band, no okay. band, or the jazz band. So it was a it was a fun group, and um, a lot of the band members. You know, we're still in contact with either on social media via Facebook or, you know, just a quick hollow way, you know, on phone call and so forth. So, you know, we've all stayed in, in contact with one another, which is really a fun thing. Now, you play that saxophone, man. I mean, you, you, you play it. I mean, you play it. I mean, you all have a relationship. When did you first uh, get started? Uh, blowing the saxophone. Did you start off with the saxophone? Uh, uh, did you start somewhere else? No. How, how did this all start? Did... Well, to tell you the truth, I've always wanted to be a singer. But uh, my first day in high school, that all changed when I went over to sing for the choir and they sent me next door to the band. So that uh, that ended my singing <laughs> career very, very quickly. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so I walked across, and, and the band room was Mr. Lawson was there, and he just put me down in the clarinet section. So I have started out on clarinet, and just about in the junior year, I uh, started playing saxophone, and, you know, it was just with a, a really group of outstanding um, saxophonists at the time. And, um, you know, I think the year that I started playing saxophone, we went to – um, the music competition, the Chicago Public Schools music competition, and, and I think we were the first group of saxophonists from the inner city to get um, a superior rating um, for the saxophone section. And I wasn't a part of that section, but uh, there was uh, Glenn Burris, uh, Joe Hamilton, I believe, was a part of that unit, um, Rodney on baritone, uh, or... T- yeah, and then one mile Delano on tenor, I think, and um, Edgar Ruff. So, you know, it was a very impressive group, you know, and a lot of those guys just went on and did some really fantastic things, like um, Glenn went out and hung out with Miles Davis and wrote a couple of songs on his uh, Man with the Golden Horn uh, deal. One mile Delano went on the road playing with God knows everybody. So it's a very impressive group of uh, young guys that have went on and and done very, very well in their professional careers. How long did it take you to, let's say from the time you squeezed that horn, that sax, about how long did it take you to get to the point where you said, man, I got this, I can play this, and I'm ready to go on stage. I'm ready to go in front of the crowd. Well, I think my aha moments, per se, came, uh, I won't tell you what year, but we were doing a graduation. And uh, at that time, we were, at the, we were at the Bismarck Theater, downtown Chicago. And uh, we were doing a piece written by uh, the great James Mack. Um, and this piece was called The Fugue, uh, which Ramsey Lewis um, later recorded. So... Uh, 
we were doing that song, and I happened to look up. And at that time, you can smoke within the buildings and so forth. And way up in the upper balcony, I saw somebody light up a cigarette. And then I was like, oh, wait a minute. There's actually a bunch of people here. You know, and uh, we're playing. Yeah, it was, it was just like, wait a minute. You know, I can see way up there. And, uh, man, we went ahead. And the unique thing with this tune, the fugue, the fugue was written for five saxophones. Uh, James Mack originally wrote this tune for a um, a wonderful saxophone player, Don, uh, Don Myrick, who was the saxophone player for Earth, Wind, and Fire. Yeah. For many, many years yes. until his untimely uh, passing. So James Mack wrote that tune for him, and, oh, man, I think I struggled trying to learn that tune for about a couple of months. And I remember coming to rehearsals, um, James Mack would say to me, he says, you know, son, I just don't think you're going to make this song. (laughs) And I was like, you know, I'm going to play this damn song. And uh, I remember standing up getting ready to start the song, and I saw that cigarette up there. And I said, well, it's on now. And I haven't looked back. Now, on that show, did you do your first solo, or was it another time when you actually had you were actually out front and was all on Ali Reed? You know, gosh, can I tell you that I don't rem- I don't remember that particular gig because you know, man, even when we were in high school, we were. So fundamentally many. playing and soloing and working with Von Freeman and all, all man, just a bunch of folks. Um, okay. So, yeah, I, you know, I really, truly don't remember the first time I took a lead of a band. I don't know if that's a good thing okay. or a bad thing. No. <laughs> well, it just... It just... A good or bad question because I'm sure you've done it so often it would be hard to kind of remember your first time, you know. Uh, but I just threw it out there. But let me ask you. But now you've been yeah. all over the world. You are you are yeah. world renowned. You you are not just local. When, when was the first time that you went overseas for a gig, and what was that like? What, what was that experience like? Your first time that you know you're going overseas to play. Well, you know, I was happy because. You know, I, I'd been out of the country before, so that wasn't so, so much of a big deal. But it was just a different um, culture, okay. and just knowing that um, you know people had spent their money to come see you play. You know, so there was just no thing as not giving a uh, a good show. You know, and uh, you know one other thing about music, which is kind of unique, um, is that it's very rare that you get a chance to do a do-over. You know, because people really don't give a care, man, if you're sick on your deathbed or whatever. They pay their, you know, $50, $60 to come see you perform. Yeah. You, better, you better have your butt out there doing whatever it is you're supposed to do. You know, and, and you can cry woe is me after the gig. Now, what was your first overseas trip? Where, where was that? I think my first overseas trip that I went on was over to Thailand briefly. Yeah, and that was just a um, a real brief, like, three-day run in and run out. 
uh, a lot of my trips overseas mm. to other places have been very have, have been very quick. Nothing long um, for any stretch amount of time. You know, there are um, like currently my uh, drummer, Fat Timekeeper Derek Henderson. You know, he spends a lot of time overseas in Japan um, performing. He he does that maybe like about two or three months out of the year. So those kind of trips are good to have. It just takes you out of the pocket of what's happening when you return home for a little bit. So, you know, I've kind of like stayed away from those long trips. But, you know, if the money is right and the right opportunities are there, you know, it's definitely worth considering. Oh, absolutely. A whole lot. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I asked you a question uh, the last interview, and I still can't figure it out. Because I ask because I'm not a musician, I'm an athlete. So I don't I don't get it. I ask you, when did you guys get together and rehearse? Because you all are so on time and so on point. Everybody knows when the next person is gonna do it. And you told me that you don't practice, that you guys don't practice. And I'm like, How in the hell what what do you mean you don't practice? How I mean, what do you do? Move your foot a certain way to say stop or blink your eyes? How do you know? Oh, is, is that an unspoken rule or something that you don't share? I'm just trying to understand how it seems like you guys must rehearse every day to be so on target. Well, I, I think part of that is due to me. Um, I've never been big on a whole lot of rehearsing. You know, you do your rehearsals at your house or in your basement or in your bathroom. Whatever you got to do to get whatever you have to get together so that when you come together as a whole, you're not wasting a whole lot of time. And um, I, I think the premise for that, for me, is the music needs to be fresh. It needs to be spontaneous. Um, you know, there are a lot of groups out there, really, really good groups, um, that you you know they've rehearsed stuff day in, day out, because you can just hear the tightness in it. Well, I've I've been really, really lucky yeah. to have a group of guys... Uh, with me that have been with me for, let's just say, more than a few years. And um, Mm -hmm. I I knew we had something really, really unique one night when we were playing, and all of a sudden the the bass player and I, uh, Will Howard, we started playing the same song just out of nowhere. And I said, oh, okay. So it becomes a little little while where it becomes a feel, it it, it becomes an anticipation about what's going to happen and how do you move and translate that next um, feeling that you're going to have. Because, you know, as you've seen us play a couple of times, you know, I mean, we don't take any oh, yeah. breaks to discuss what's next. You know what I'm saying? It's like you're at a concert where we're, we're, we're just rolling, you know. and uh, So you don't even, when you're, practicing, when you're practicing at home, do you at least know the order of the songs you're going to play? Or you don't even know that no. you just you, you're winging everything on stage. Well, I wouldn't I wouldn't say that we're winging everything. I would just say it's more of a controlled chaos. <clears throat> okay, okay, you, you know. Okay, that's, that's I hear ha- you. I get you. Yeah, because, because what happens is is, is that you know, um, I've I've been in situations where we've we've rehearsed for months, and then you get on the show and something happens and everybody's lost. Because you you've got this thing down to three minutes and forty five seconds, 
And anything outside of that three minutes and 45 seconds, it's like, oh, what the hell just happened? So based on that, I look at the guys that are around me, and I depend on them to make this thing happen. And it's my job to stay out of their way. I think uh, I know you. You did mention, yeah. You also mentioned that uh, you had said that as long as you say you look at the band and you uh, figure that if you're the weakest link, then you know that you're okay. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I know that I'm gonna give it to you, and so you know, based on that, um, I don't worry about the guys. You know, my regular unit. I. I never worry about that, man. We just go and do what we do. Um, now, if I've got some guys that are uh, substituting or, you know, in the band, then that then I have to change that up because I don't think it's 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 fair for me to put them under that kind of pressure um, of actually playing in the style that I like to play in. Like I said, I've been very, very lucky and very, very blessed to have these guys with me for quite a number of years. So there's a lot of things we do we don't even think about, man. You know, it's just, it is what it is. I think it's incredible, man. I tell you, it, it just goes to show you if you, if you, if you don't, if you're not a musician, I guess that's uh, something that a musician would, I understand it, but it's like, how in the hell do you do that? But all I know is it's beautiful. It's beautiful. I love it, man. And are you all got, I'm going to just come out and say it. You guys are my favorite, my, my favorite band, period. Everybody else is great, but I well, have my favorite. Okay, it's out there. Yes. Oh, absolutely, man. I appreciate that, man. <laughs> yeah. Now, tell me about, uh, I'm sure you've had a, a humbling experience to where you, you, you would just kind of maybe so uh, touch with a uh, response from the audience or someone based on, what you do that you were just, just humbled and almost just brought to tears by happy tears, you know, happy. you know, uh, there's, yeah, there's been a couple of things that have really, um, really, really been unique. And, uh, one of the things that really just step out to mind is that we did a, uh, a show at the veterans hospital here quite a few years ago. And, um, when the vets there, uh, we were doing it in the auditorium, and um, we were doing, as a matter of fact, we were doing the Stevie Wonder song. And all of a sudden, this guy just gets up, and he starts singing. And man, I, I mean, just not, just not humming. I mean, really singing this song. And I'm like, whoa, <laughs> who are you? So he came up, he came up and joined us. Um, and as a matter of fact, he sang another song right after that. Another. And this guy had, man, I mean, a voice that was just amazing. And so after the, after hmm. saying the song, he went back and he sat down, and the nurses came up to us and he says, you know, that's the first time he's spoken. I'm like, what? Wow, that's deep. Oh, dude, that's more than deep. <laughs> that's you deep. know, I mean, yeah, that's, that, that's that's crazy. You know, but that's just, you know, music, what, man. Um, yeah, that's what music can do. You know, I mean, it was just, um, I mean, what can you say after that, man? You music know, can do that, that, which is why 
I believe it was taken out of the schools <laughs> because it can do that to put us, you know, yeah. that's a whole other show. But, uh, yeah, music is powerful, man. Music yeah. is powerful. Yeah. That's, that's an interesting story. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. I'm glad I asked yeah. that. That's an interesting story. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you know, you can go around now, and you can ask. Yes. No, go right ahead. Go right ahead. No, I was just saying, you know, you can go around and you can ask. Oh man, any musician that's that's been out playing live and in the public, you're gonna have one or two of those moments, man, in your career that are just gonna leave you just struck with the awesome amazement of life itself. You know, and you know, when that happens, man, it's like it's like a parallel that you can't explain. You know, there's one thing about medicine. Now, let me ask you this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, you go right ahead. You were talking. I'm, go ahead. No, no, medicine. I'm listening, man. Go ahead. Thing. I'm good. I'm good. Oh no, I was just. I, I don't want to interrupt you. I, sometimes I, I get a tendency to pop out with questions that you're not quite. I think you're done, and you're not quite done. I, I, I hate when I do that. Well, but well, you go ahead. Other bro. than I was going to ask you. Other than the quarry and TJ's, uh, what are what are your what are, what are your favorite venues? What what do you have favorites? It doesn't matter. You just like to play and, and, and get down and don't really matter where it is. Or do, do you have uh, favorite settings or favorite events that you prefer? Not prefer, but that you seem to get a bigger kick out of. Well, you know, I like doing uh, parties that let the band play. You know, I, I'm, not a, I'm not a big club guy. Um, you know, so you won't see me out playing at a lot of nightclubs and things like that. Um, I enjoy the quarry because it's right in the middle of our neighborhood. You know what I'm saying? And and there are so very, very yes. few places here um, that you will actually see that level of musicianship. Um, and, and Darius has grown that brand out now where, you know, it's, it's incorporating a lot of bands. Um, you know, they come out and they're all playing really, really well. You know, some really outstanding Chicago-based talent. Yes. Um, Mr. Shapiro is doing the same thing out at uh, T&JJ's, out in Maywood. You know, the the talent level that is there, man, is just, wow. (laughs) You know, they got Buddy Fambro was just out there. They got uh, Chuck Webb, Margaret Murphy coming out there. And, um, you know, Darius is booked through, I think, through August, I think. So you know, I need to call him. Uh, he said you are August. They, yeah, yeah. So I I need to call him <laughs> and see if I can get a a date before the end of the year. <laughs> but those are all good things, man. Yeah, it, it you know, world class, world class music for ten bucks, man. You pay more for parking. You pay thirty dollars to go downtown. You're gonna pay thirty dollars for parking if you park in the garage. Well, you know, I Ooh. you know we discussed that ten dollar. Deal, you know, uh, me, I think they should put it up to 15. But like I say, you know, there are a lot of factors that go into that, um, you know, uh, service of the of the establishment that's there, you know, because once you start going up to 15, 20 dollars, you know, there's a lot of demands that are put on outside of the music, you know, so uh, that's a whole different ball game. But I think for 10 dollars, as long as we keep coming out and supporting whatever uh, groups that are there and keep it going because that's you know that's the thing that helps musicians you know is that live 
music, that interaction. Yeah. And the nice thing about um, the ensemble or, or the or the venues is that the people that come there come for the music. You know, you can't come in there BSing because they'll call you out. You know, and, and that to me as yeah. a musician is just a wonderful thing, you know. So you got to be on your game. Now, do you still get butterflies? Are you like, you know, let's, let's, I'm ready. Let's go. Do you, do you still get that nervousness or you just have enough confidence now? I've been playing long enough to where you just going to go up there. You say, you know, you're going to go up there and you're going to rock the house type of You go up there with that, that attitude now? I would imagine that you do. Well, I don't, I don't know if there's a, such things as butterflies. Um, you know, there's always that piece of unknown until that first note comes out, uh, whether it's a squeak or squawk or a frozen duck. You know, you you just never know. And uh, but normally for me, man, it just once that first note is played, it's on. It's I mean, I mean, we're we're just going to go do what we do. You know, um, I think at the last show at the that we did at the uh, quarry. You know, we did uh, a very impromptu tribute to Morris, uh, to Maurice White, and uh, Earth, Wind, and Fire. And I used to play in a Earth, Wind, and Fire tribute band. Uh, Keith, to tell you the truth, it was uh, a fun group. But man, I hate wearing that wig, man. That wig was killing me. <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine. Yeah, as, man. As, but... as if you don't sweat enough anyway, you know. Oh, dude, please, man. You know, that was something else. But but those, you know, it was just a fun, it was just some fun music, man. And uh, he's going to be very, very, very missed. You know, just his energy, his brilliance, his writing, his arranging. And, um, you know, it was just a time and place, man, that that music was just popping. Now, who who have been some of the in, musical influences of, of you that uh, that you may have had a chance to work with, maybe had a chance to meet, maybe had a chance to give you some some advice in music and e- even in life and, and, and touring and so forth? And uh, who do you have? For, you know, for that? man, I don't think we have enough time for that. Um, you know, sometimes uh, people come into your life just for the presence of giving you a different perspective. I was very, very lucky because Keith, if you used to tell me that today I'd be playing saxophone for a living, I would say you're out of your mind. Not not me. But over the course of time and years, man, I've um, had developed friendships with um, some of the guys in the AACM um, here in Chicago which is a very, very talented group of musicians that are just amazing. Uh, Mawada Bolden, I lived right around the corner from him, and I'd go over to his house and bug the heck out of him every day to learn how to play and to listen. Um, and over the course of time, got very, very lucky, and I met uh, Bobby Blue Band's saxophone player, uh, Leon Randall. He's since passed. Uh, I used to go over to his house, man. I just used to live over there, just learning how to get into things. Um, I spent some time with Bill Atkins, who was um, Count Basie's, one of Count Basie's um, lead saxophone players. I've had the um, opportunity to study with um, Ari Brown, who's just a wonderful, wonderful saxophone player and um, influence. 
I've had the opportunity to play and um, study under uh, Mark Colby, who is uh, who was once a part of Maynard Ferguson's band. Um, you know, so so the whole spectrum of who I've been in contact with over the you know the course of me playing has just been numerous. Man, I got a chance to um, play with Stanley Turntine a couple of nights. Um, you know, and I've always made it a point that when these guys came to town, uh, when I was much younger, that, man, I was right there to see them. You know, there was no jazz person or, or R&B person that came to town that if I wasn't working, I was right there checking them out. And I think that's the uh, the other part of learning is is to put yourself inside the environment and figure out where you fit. And one of the things that I always tell um, young musicians or whether you're an instrumentalist or you're a vocalist, you know, the most important thing, to, at least to me, is to have your own voice. You know, there are so many folks that you hear that if your mind, you know, you can listen to them. And the first thing you say, oh, you know, they sound like so-and-so. Hmm. Yeah. And, you know, to me, I think that... Uh, Imitation is, 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 is a great thing because you got to learn somehow. And if you can imitate somebody and, and, and learn how to sing, play saxophone, whatever, whatever. But at the end of the day, where is you? Where is your soul? Where is your voice coming at? So that you can put a stake in the ground and say, hey, this is me. And you can't move me. Mm-hmm. Hmm. When you... Uh, when you do a show, and you are really yeah. putting it out there, you're really giving it everything you have. You just you just blowing away. And when that show was done, how do you wind down after a show? Do you, do you reflect on that show and uh, just go over? Uh, I should have done this different. Uh, how, how do you wind down after really putting everything that you have into that horn, man? You know, I'm just thankful that I'm able to do what I do. Um, I don't look at myself as being a um, a fantastic horn player. Um, you know, when people ask me, you know, how do you work or how do you stay busy? You know, I just simply tell them, man, I just try to be on time and I just try to put things where they need to be. Um, you know, sometimes, you know, the razzle and the dazzle, I did all of that stuff, you know, laying on the floor, rolling around, playing saxophone. I did when I was much younger. Uh, <laughs> so... You know, we've done you know, we've done all that. Walk the bar and you know, I've done some wild stuff, but we won't get into it on here. <laughs> but uh Nice preview. You know, okay. But uh you know, it's just about playing, man. It's just about do what you do and do what you do as well as you can. And that's you know and that's all, man. So um like I know the show that we just did last week at the uh, quarry, man, that that is probably one of the few times that I can ever say that as a whole, the band was just on 10 from the first note. Uh, I mean, it was just, to me, one of the most amazing nights of music that I've been a part of, you know, and it was just, uh, man, (laughs) <laughs> the people who were at the quarry last Friday that saw us, they can tell you. The truth was told that night, brother. 
Oh man, that's that's I, I can imagine. I can imagine. Wow. Yeah. I know uh because as a matter of fact, it, it, it I probably it probably was the same feeling I had uh, opening night at the House of Bane because you you you, op- you started it all off. I remember that show. I was at that show, the very first show. And yeah. uh I've been an Aldi Reed band fan band fan since then, brother, <laughs> and hooked on it since then, man. Well, we just try to do what we do, I've been on it since then, brother. Yeah, man. Well, I appreciate that. And you're doing it. Appreciate it. Yes, sir. You're doing it. So what we're going to do, I'm going to take a – I want to give the people another little piece of what you do, and uh, I'm going to take a – you know, a break for that. When we come back, I'm going to ask you about, you know, maybe what's what's happening with your bucket list and give you a chance to make a closing statement and just just let your heart flow with whatever you want to put out there for as long as you need to put it out there. Okay. All right. So y'all hold tight, everybody, and we will be like that. Aldi Reed Band. We have a taste of Chicago, a taste of WVON, and that was a taste of the Aldi Reed Band. Brother Otley, how you doing, man? Man, listen, man. If I'd have known you doing all this kind of heavy recording, brother, I would have stopped by to get my copy. <laughs> <laughs> Just give a little, give a little dab. Just a little, little dab of doing. Let me okay. ask you, uh, for people who want, for people who want to keep up with uh, where, where you, where you, what you're doing, and where you, where you plan, uh, you have your, you have a website for that, right? 
Yeah, the uh, the website is just my name, first name Audley, A is an Apple, U D L E L E Y. Last name is Reed, R E I D dot com. Simple as that, oddlyread.com, yeah. and they can pick up yeah. on uh, Keep Track Web. Now, uh, yes. your bucket list, What is there anything that, uh, I'm sure there's always something that we, we haven't done that we want to do, but what kind of... Uh, uh, what is out there that you haven't had a chance to do that you'd like to do or that you have done and just uh, look, looking forward to do it again? Well, I think this time around I, I would love to be in a position to take my group with me. Um, that's what I'm going to work on. And also to uh, – we may even do something live at one of our shows, a live recording, because it's time for some new music to um, – to be put out. Um, I've had a few people get on my case now. They're like, okay, buddy, time to put out a new CD. So um, I think we'll wind up doing that this year or at least releasing um, a single to get it out there, you know, and hopefully it'll be um, accepted, you know, and, and, and we'll go ahead and, and move on. But some things on the bucket list, I would just love to go travel, enjoy life, Take my girl with me, and we go. <laughs> Say, hey, we're all good. Simple enough. Simple enough. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Not, it, it doesn't, like I say, bucket list did not have to be complicated at all. <laughs> not man. to be complicated. You know, it's just it's just like life, man. If you keep life simple, everything else will be all good. I try to tell them that. It's a, we, we make it complicated because it is really simple. It really is. So uh, I tell you what I'll do. We'll give you a chance to open up your heart and just say uh, whatever it is you want to say. This is your chance for your closing statement to just uh, put it out there in the way that you want the people to receive it. And before we do that, let me say this much. Let's give the regular, regular reg- let's give the band uh, some kudos and uh, let's let's tell us who the we talked about the crew, but we haven't talked about who they are. You mentioned a couple of names, but I want to make sure we get them all right now. Oh, yeah, man. The crew is uh, is just an amazing group of guys on keyboards. Uh, we have Mr. Self Black, who's a Stella and a Grammy-nominated keyboardist, songwriter, arranger, producer. Really, really strong guy that um, keeps me up on my toes, especially when we just really get in it, and it's just it's just it's just running at that point, you know. And then we have uh, I simply call him Doctor Will Howard, bassist. Um, oh gosh, man, he's played with a little bit of everybody. Um, really amazing bass player. Um, good, great sound, yep, great, great feel sound. for what we're trying to do um, live in the situation. And so, and then we have. On drums, uh, we just simply call him the Fat Timekeeper brother, uh, Derek Henderson. As I mentioned earlier, you know, Fat Timekeeper's been all over the world playing with a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Very, very um, well-versed in jazz, R&B, and Western music. 
So, you know, there's a lot of stuff that's out there that collectively as a group, you know, we bring to the table and just make it all work. You know, uh, guys got a great group of um, ears. Um, and I, I appreciate them, man, because what I do, I wouldn't be able to do without them. So it's it's uh, it's just a real pleasure that they've allowed me to have them in my life for this amount of time, man. So it's been good, man. So we'll just keep doing what we're doing. I heard that. Yeah, I've uh, I had a chance to uh, actually meet Will Howard at the last uh, concert there at uh, TJ's about three weeks ago, and you know just just told him how much I appreciated the band, and I mean it's good to. I know it, you, you can't hear it enough. I mean, if, if you appreciate it, it's nothing like letting letting you guys know it, man. You know, why keep it yeah, to myself? And, yeah, you know, and I let my guys play, man. You know, I, I, I let them stretch out and do their thing because I think it's important that just like anything else, that they stay locked into what it is that we're trying to do. You know, and uh, you know, it's just about sharing. It shows. Man. Yeah, it well, shows. I appreciate that, brother. It all, it all I shows. I appreciate that. It shows, brother. Okay, now I was talking about that closing statement. We're gonna give you the mic and let you uh, express yourself, and we'll close it out with that. And uh, so you got it, brother. I'll let let it flow. Well, you know, my closing statement for tonight is gonna be very, very short and quick, man. I, you know, I just want to say all that right. um, from the class of 76 i hope everybody's doing well you know and i know that as time goes by we lose a few we gain a few but as long as we trust one another in spirit and within heart we'll all be okay and um, you know there's a lot going on in the world today much more involved in music you know but i just want to say that i'm hoping that we all keep the focus and we all try to keep improving on what we do on a day-to-day basis. And my brother, I appreciate you, Keith, because, you know, folks don't realize that it you are a running man, brother. <laughs> you know, it's just hard to keep up yeah. with what state you are in. <laughs> you know, so yeah, it's it's always a pleasure. It. yeah, man, it's always a pleasure when you look up and I'm like, oh, Keith, you're here, you know, because I know you're on that road, dude. So, you know, um, Man, we just all just got to keep things going, man. You know, just like Darius is doing, man. I, yeah, I don't know when that brother sleeps. You know, he's yeah. up five o'clock in the morning riding yeah. his bike every day, and uh, you know, and and he's, you know, he, he, when she really take a look at it, you know, he's a he's a Grammy award winning sound man. You know, you know how close that is. Yeah, he was telling me about that. Yeah, yeah. Dude. That so, that was very interesting. I I didn't know that. I would have. Uh, I didn't know that. That was beautiful. Nice to hear, brother. Oh yeah, man. So no. I, I mean, you know, dude, dude, we're trying to stay busy. We're trying to stay busy, and we ain't playing around in this game. You know, so it's it's it's, it's good, man. So that's it for me, my brother. And I appreciate you having me out, man. Well, brother, I, I appreciate you taking the time to, to come in. And uh, when's, your, when's your next gig? I know they can go to the website, but since I have you on here, what's what's, what's coming up next? Um, I am out in North Brook at Pinstripes uh, the last Friday in the month. <clears throat> then I'm doing a couple of private things early on in March. 
And then I'm out to Scottsdale, okay. Arizona, the middle of the month, to do a nice little private gig out there in the heat. And hopefully I'll come back with a tan. So uh, Scottsdale, you know, okay, yeah, yeah, man. So you know, we're just uh, trying to keep some things moving, man. Trying to keep. I hear moving. you, brother. Well, I'm, I'm, I appreciate you. I appreciate you uh, taking the time to uh, to come on the show once again, and uh, look forward to. Uh, I'll catch you out there. I'll, you'll look around one day, and I'll pop up there. I'll be there checking you out, man. Because uh, yes, sir. I know you. I, I know just you love will. the sound, man. And uh, absolutely. But I thank you so much for coming on, man. And uh, much respect to you. Peace and. Yes, sir. Always a pleasure, brother. Always a pleasure. Take care, Brother Ali. And uh, people, okay. y'all hold on. i got a couple of things I want to say, and then I'm going to close it out. But uh, Ali, since, since you're right here, because you mentioned before you go, you mentioned that uh, we lose a few, we gain a few. And I just want to pay respect to uh, uh, at least three individuals who we just recently lost. Uh, that's uh, just recently Yvette Griffin, class of 77. Reginald Price, who was in my class of 75. I've known Reginald since uh, fourth grade. And uh, Carolyn Brown, class of 76. And I just wanted to take a moment yeah. here to acknowledge uh, and uh, pay respects and give my heartfelt condolences uh, to the family and friends of of all three and anyone else who uh, I don't know who, as we get older, you know, there's only one sure thing in life, and uh, that doesn't change the morning. And uh, I just want to say that much respect to uh, each Carolyn Brown, Reginald Price, and Yvette Griffin. So I wanted to get that out before the show closed. Yes, brother sir. Ali, thanks a lot. Yes, sir. All right, my brother. Stay well. Take care now. All right. All, All right, man. You too. Peace. And that will close it down with that. And uh, I do want to say that I won't go into uh, the next month's election. We'll talk about that next Wednesday. I have a whole lot to say, a whole lot to say about the election coming up. Uh, I have a lot to say about uh, our state of mind and so forth and so on. It's going to be really interesting. I don't want to go in there tonight because this is not the platform for that, but I want to give you a heads up of what's coming up. Uh, I, I'm i looking forward to that show. It's it's going to be uh, pretty interesting. But we're going to close it out now. I want to thank Brother Darius Lawrence, the Grammy Award-winning founder and CEO of Mo Better Jazz Chicago. That's at 75th and Phillips, taking place every Friday night at 7 p.m. Get out there and check it out. I appreciate it. You'll love it. I want to thank Brother Audley Reed, leader of the Audley Reed Band, world-renowned saxophonist. I appreciate Brother Audley. Much respect to them both. And in closing, in the name of whomever or whatever, your spiritual power. Peace and good night.